0: it's time to be in the garden with Peter Burke our program today is brought to you by Menards Agway your yard garden and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville by Grow Compost of Vermont check them online at growcompost.com Grow Compost Route 2 in Moortown By the Willie's store in Greensboro. If they don't have it, you don't need it. They've got it all. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. It's always a busy weekend this Memorial Day weekend, but before you go, check your Mega Monday coupon. Some great savings await you by going online at Clausen's.com. Buy P&R Lumber, locally milled lumber. They'll get that, uh, well, if you need a whole deck, that's fine, but if you need your raised beds, they can help you in great fashion. P&R Lumber, locally milled lumber, family-owned on Route 15 in Wolcott. And by your locally owned Montpelier Agway, everything and anything. And by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, there on Main Street in Waitsfield. Your telephone participation is most welcome. If you have a comment on what's happening in your garden or a question for Peter Burke, you can call us at uh, this local 802 number, 244-1777, or toll-free at 877 877- 291 8255. And right now, here's Peter. Hey, Joel. Good afternoon.
1: Uh,
2: happy Memorial Day.
0: Indeed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the day that we all wait for as a gardener. Oh, boy, it's time to plant everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) my uh, five-year-old granddaughter is planting her own uh, purple Uh, beans in the backyard oh how great so i got to put up a sign no crows allowed (laughs) 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 they're smart birds maybe they can read i don't know (laughs) you're the only old crow that's allowed i'm afraid yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you'll just have to protect them that's all well, we we did buy that uh, that scary looking owl with the glowing eyes. Mm-hmm, yeah. I have a couple of photographs of the two crows sitting on top of it. <laughs> yeah. Know, they're just to tell me what they what oh, they, you oh, know.
2: Really scared yeah, them, huh? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um well, this, this show where I think I'm going to talk about tomatoes because that is the number one vegetable to be planted in the garden. If people are growing only one thing in their garden, it probably is tomatoes. And it's the one thing money can't buy. That's true love and homegrown tomatoes. So anyway, um, uh, just about everything can be planted now. You matter of fact, I can't think of anything that can't be planted. This is our frost free season. Now, I just want to uh warn you that it's actually only May 25th, and usually it's May 30th is the last frost free uh, uh, first frost free day. So, um if you do plant this week, uh, make sure, this weekend, make sure that you have a contingency plan to cover things up. And um, if you wait till next week, well, that's okay too, because that really is the beginning of the, um, the frost-free season. And we will, um, mm, let's see, what we can plant now is tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, basil, tomatillas, uh, and almost everything else and uh, oh, uh, we got a call already Jerry in Ber- Berlin. you ready for me hey, Jerry hey, you there? yeah, I sure am great, I'm glad um <clears throat>
3: thank you for your show yeah, I sure. listened to it yeah well, uh, oh, it's listen. wonderful um i usually ha- i have a very large garden yeah. and i so i usually uh till it uh-huh. now. For many reasons, I can't have that large of guidance, so I'm not going to kill. but you don't believe in it anyway, so uh-huh. I just took a shovel and turned over the <clears throat> ground, but, I mean, how deep do you go with the shovel?
2: Okay, um, I, I never use a shovel, to be quite frank. Okay. Uh, what I do is, uh, before... Uh, When I prepare a place, is this a new spot, or are you planting in the same old place? Same garden, Okay. same old place. All right. Uh, uh, Better than turn the soil is take a sheet of black plastic and leave it on there for uh, for a week, and that'll kill everything that's there. You really don't need to uh, turn the soil over if you get rid of the weeds, and that's the only reason you turn the soil over is to get rid of the weeds.
3: How do I get my seeds in the ground?
2: Well you take the black plastic off after a week after all the week. No no, I understand. Oh
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, no, so I understand I,
2: that. I like the um uh, the uh, I like the permanent beds. And the permanent beds are um oh there we go. That mic is on. That's what's giving us the feedback there. So um excuse me just uh, just a second Jerry we got uh, there we go okay now we see we're getting some feedback there and yeah i heard uh, it yeah yeah, it. yeah yeah now we're good where it's uh, it's been disabled <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I like to use permanent beds and uh, the garden basics that I like that I use are the permanent bed, the permanent pathways, perfect soil, grid planting, and trellises. And those those get you um, those get you to the place where you can plant uh, in a quarter of the space that you used to use in your other garden. And And that's what yeah, that's what I'm gonna. It sounds like what you really need. So the idea with the perfect soil is, in this case, your soil underneath there in the garden is really good, but what you want to do is you want to make that bed, the bed that you make, it's a 2 by 6 is the minimum, you want it 6 inches. You know, if you want to go 8 or 10, that's fine too, but the 2 by 6 is is adequate, and that's what I use, and I've been using it for for years now. so, when you, uh, if if you can, uh, do you think you could build those boxes and put them down? Would that work for oh. you? Well, I'm a carpenter, so I don't really
3: feel do like yeah, doing that at an home. So, yes. all you need is the, <laughs> no, the saw and the you. screw gun, yeah.
4: So if I'm you, going
2: if, to do that. Okay. I'm going to do that. Okay, but, so um, then you want to fill it with a, um, uh, six inches of perfect soil, what we call perfect soil. And that would be uh, the peat moss, one-third vermiculite one-third and compost one-third. And once you get that filled up and you wet it down real good, you use the garden hose until you just can't get any more water in there. Make sure it's good and uh, soaked. Then you'll add a uh, a cup of uh, a good organic fertilizer, a cup of lime. Um, I like to use a cup of uh, a rock powder. Um, I got a bag of something they call azomite, A to Z mite it's a it 's a combination of rock powders. It works really well and then I use a cup of sea kelp meal. Um, sea kelp is a is a root uh, growth enhancer, and so once you have that, that six inches is perfect soil. That will, um, that allows you to plant seeds and get a really good germination. um, But,
3: you know, i got to say this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been gardening for mm, all my life. I'm 63 years old. My parents taught me. Um, But we always gardened without any of the stuff you're talking about.
2: Yeah.
3: Any of those. So, I mean, my father said, put it in the
2: ground, uh-huh. it'll grow. That's right. Uh, no, and that's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, we're talking about generations of people who've been doing this, and I, I agree with you 100%. What I'm trying to do is make it so that the gardening, the art part of the gardening, you know, the where you can grow a lot more and a lot less space mm. uh, it, where, with a lot less work. Okay, uh, perfect bed, so I just sort of talked about that. What I do for the permanent pathways, and I usually make my pathways about two feet wide, I put down a landscape cloth and then I put bark right on top of it. What that does is when I fertilize and when I water, I only fertilize and water in the beds. I don't fertilize the pathways. And with that landscape cloth and the bark, right, I don't have to weed those pathways. I can walk right. on them, do whatever. I'm not putting any fertilizer in there. You know, I'm not uh, building the soil up just so I can grow really good weeds. You know,
3: usually my pathways mm-hmm. don't have weeds because I walk on them so much
5: weeding <laughs> around the other
2: stuff. <laughs> well, then you'll really love this because you can walk around. Uh, I usually do a four-foot bed, four-by-four. Four. It's really easy to walk around. Yeah, yeah, Very, you know, good access all the way around makes it easy. Um, so... And I'll just give you, for instance, uh, I use trellises on the north side of all those four-by-four four beds, okay? Yeah, It's a four-foot four trellis, and I make mine uh, a minimum of, of six feet tall, and, and some of mine uh, are actually now eight feet tall because uh, your, your um, some of your peas will grow eight feet. Uh, of course, your pole beans will grow eight feet. All your cherry, cherry tomatoes will grow eight feet. So. Cucumbers cucumbers absolutely yeah uh uh, and and that's a good example i can you in that four foot you know space more or less just the back foot of of the 4 by 4 i can grow eight cucumber plants now if you were going to grow right. those on the ground it would take at least 30 square feet to grow the same you know eight It would be four because yeah, they stretch out they okay. stretch out okay so so look at that you're only watering 4 square feet you're only you know digging up 4 square feet you know you're well, fertilizing you we don't out.
3: have to water
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true, yeah, yeah. So No, that's it, great it, but come information. But au- come August, you will have to walk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope things dry out a little bit. <laughs> they will. So so there you go. You start to see that, you know, what took 30 square feet is not only taking four square feet.
3: So, you can see, I say one uh, more thing before you we You say oh, everything, anything me. you want. No, yeah. well, the other thing is you're talking about frost, right? And maybe yeah. week another week or something. Yeah. Fine. But that doesn't include seeds. Any seed, uh, like radishes, uh, uh, yeah. even peas. If I'm going, grow- oh yeah. Any seed, yeah. It's in the ground, so yeah. you could go for
2: it. Oh, um, in fact, radishes you could plant in April. You know, as, Whoa, as soon as the soil can be worked, you can plant spinach and peas and <laughs> radishes and um, lettuces, arugula, all exactly. All of your Anything that's in is. the yeah. ground. Yep. Yeah. So. So really, and and that's one of my theses is that gardening doesn't actually just start on Memorial Day, although that is the tradition. For um, well, plants above the ground,
3: my father used to say, yeah, you know, if you're going to yeah, bring out a pepper plant, yeah. or whatever, uh-huh. you want to wait until Memorial Day." But sure, well, but you could plant,
2: uh, you know, your broccoli and your kale, um, you know, long kale. before that, yeah. Uh, yeah. so there's there's a ton, bunch of stuff that can be planted as soon as the soil can be worked. And that's uh, that's generally, you know, the end of April begin, you know. What do you use for yeah, lumber around What do you use for lumber? I use to buy 6 spruce stud lumber. Spruce. Yeah. Okay. That's... I mean you can get anything you want. Yeah, you can go Well not nah, to... pressure treated. No, I, I don't use pressure-treated. <laughs> no, of course not. It's
3: terrible. No, I hope you don't.
2: Well, you know, I, I I do hear a lot of people say, and I know plenty of gardeners that do, but it's just my choice. I, I just, I don't trust it uh, for my food. No
3: one should use pressure-treated lumber to yeah. do that. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, I, I, we're in agreement on that, but... You know
6: <laughs> <laughs> i got
3: gotcha. all right sir so, i 've taken up enough of your time. Uh, I really appreciate the information okay, and uh, appreciate your show
2: yeah sure um, the uh, the I do these classes on square foot gardening, which is the you know the method that I use quite a bit. Um, and you can get that book right in the library uh, Foot Gardening by Mel Bartholomew And that goes through a lot of the It goes into detail on the grid planting And, and all that other stuff Plus you can call me anytime cause
3: Well my problem is is uh, Like I said I'm an old man And I'm, now I'm changing my garden ways
2: Well you'll love this then this is, this is the easiest way that I've found And I've been gardening since I was 17 So. Good good okay uh, buddy thanks for the call much appreciated happy memorial day yeah same to you remember the troops you bet bye-bye bye well um uh oh well we got norm from bristol hey norm how's it going buddy
5: oh going pretty well uh just got back from the turkey woods so <laughs> <laughs> for uh, um Anyways, I got to start mowing my lawn too. I had a friend of mine to get my two lawn mowers going in there about uh, grass a foot and a half high in some places. <laughs> I'm going to have fun. Uh,
2: You're going to have to hay that, huh?
5: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about maybe getting a couple of goats or something. <laughs> uh, listen, um, this spring, of course, I let my radishes go to seed last year in yep. my little yep. garden. Yep. And they winter over. Oh, yeah. And so you can actually do the same thing you do with like, your spinach. Yep. And just uh, uh, start them in the fall? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Let it,
2: let and, it. and you'd be surprised, actually, uh, lots of lettuces, uh, particularly your leaf lettuce, are really tolerant to cold. Yeah. You can plant, a, um, and I've done it both with a hoop uh, with plastic over it, and I've done it without the spinach. Doesn't need any protection whatsoever. Yeah. Radish is the same thing. And w- what a what a thrill it is to see those coming up right along with the garlic and and getting oh, out yeah. there. And uh, the other one, uh, I think I mentioned it before, was the um, the Egyptian uh, onions. Those are up, and we had those, and they were absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah. And uh, they're they are up, and we're we're picking them right now.
5: Uh, I just put in some New Zealand spinach again this year, and yeah. I. The ground is still pretty cool, so yeah. I think I soaked them for three days, like uh-huh. they recommend,
2: uh-huh.
5: and then I put them in the garden. And I'm hoping, like last year, I guess I put them in too late because they didn't sprout at all.
2: Yeah, they're tough to they're tough to sprout. I, New Zealand spinach and that other one, the Malabar spinach, um, I had luck with those last year and uh and it was great i have to say it was definitely worth the uh, worth the trouble the you know cuz i use a whole trellis for it and i i just put in a bunch of seed i must have put 4 per foot linear wise sure and um you know there's they talk about soaking those seeds, but like the New, new Zealand spinach, it, it can be tough to get started. But the New Zealand spinach, I really liked. I thought it was good. It's a little little furry, but it's a nice meaty leaf and and delicious. Yeah. But if you like spinach, give that a. I don't know if you you heard uh, on one of the other shows I was talking about uh, the um, uh, the perpetual spinach, and it was yeah, actually where, a, can, where can you get that seed? I find well, uh, the um, Uh f- Fedco, yes, and uh, Fedco, and then the other one, uh, Baker Creek, was the other one I've gotten up from those two. I, I checked at Agway, and I checked at Blue Seal, and, and they didn't have it, uh, which I'd just soon you go there first. but
5: Oh, yeah, I have been going and trying to find Maybe if
2: you go and ask, they'll look for it next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. hey, getting requests. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, it is about a hand-sized leaf, you know. Oh, good. And you, and the stem, and that's the key. The stem, stem is really tender and small, real thin. Oh, good. So you don't get the the toughness that you get with a, um, a regular Swiss chard, and uh, it'll grow right up until the first frost. So, when you plant that now it'll you know it'll just keep going it's uh, cut and come again, just like your regular uh, Swiss jar.
5: That's good. Yeah. Uh, now, with Swiss chard, do you cut all the leaves or the outer leaves or the inner leaves or what? I mean, <laughs> getting it to
2: grow back? Um, if you cut it about an inch above, you can cut the whole thing. But then, of course, you're cutting off some of the really tiny little leaves. So yeah. I, I tend to just pull yeah. the outer leaves off. And that's the way I harvest most of my lettuces, too, up to a certain point. Uh, I'll I'll go out and, and, you know, pick around the, the eight or so... Um, uh, okay. Six or twelve, maybe lettuce plants that I'll have growing and pick those outer leaves. And I tend to do the same thing with the Swiss chard.
5: So, um, and your leaf lettuce, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
5: you know, you probably plant it a little bit thick and then you thin them out.
2: I'm not a fan of that, although. You just cut them uh, down. Yeah, I, I, I plant them basically three or four seeds every six inches. And then I'll thin it right down to one because I like it to be a single head. I don't care for the 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 um, the really immature leaves that much. If I'm going to do that, then I'll I'll take a lettuce mescaline mix and just broadcast them in, and then and then do that or plant them in, in real close rows, about an inch apart, and then I'll take my scissors and just cut down through. Um, they're supposed to be cut and come again, and the mustard uh, mix that uh, they sell for mescaline does cut and come in pretty well, but uh, the lettuce mixes, I don't find that they they cut and come again that well. Anyway,
5: I've cut them. Are you talking about the loose leaf? uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. loose leaf,
2: yeah. You've had good Uh, luck with it. Well,
5: if you can get, like, to get those... um, bunches like i get at the local co-op down here yeah uh and they're you know pretty they're pretty full Yep. uh so you have you're gonna have to thin those out enough to give them right grow right give
2: them a chance to grow yeah so it sort of just depends on what you want if you want the baby baby leaves then yeah like you say plant them close together and yeah i've done that for years yeah yeah and and that gets you a nice harvest early on which is kind of yeah that's good but uh, um, since I like a, I like to pick those big outer leaves, particularly of the bib lettuce and the, you know, the that tile style. You know, that's, right. that's one of my favorites. Um, what about
5: uh, curly uh, kale? Uh, yeah, you can plant that from seed, right? Oh yeah, I've never planted it before.
2: Oh yeah, no, you can plant that. Um, so what I'll do is I plant some for uh for for a leaf, you know, from seed. And then I'll plant, uh, I usually plant either 12 or 24 plants, depending mm. on how much we would plan to freeze. I'll plant those in Oh, you in freeze sets. the kale? Oh, yeah.
5: Oh, oh yeah. You just, do you have to just put it in as is?
2: Uh, we usually blanch it. it. Yeah, blanch it, I'm, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we thought. do the same thing with the Swiss chard and, and lots oh. of collard greens. Good. Uh, the collard greens, uh, we either just blanch them and put them away, or my wife makes up a, she's got a... Uh, a recipe for southern collard greens that includes, you know, vinegar and butter and you know, salt and she'll we'll pack that away and and uh, as many as we can as we can do because it's absolutely great eaten in in the in the winter and when we use when we make our pot of rice we'll take that frozen clump of the you know the. Um, the collard greens are the kale greens and uh, just sit in at a basket on the top and that cooks right along with the with the rice oh, sure. and then all the the drippings and the juices go right down into the rice and it's delish. So. <laughs> yeah, how long how long do you blanch those in? Uh, oh just 2 or 3 know, minutes but at most yeah yeah okay. they go right right in so the they pot it down. they come right into the ice water and then they go right into the in fact. Uh, as a matter of fact, the ones, of course, uh, where where Deb makes them, the, that uh, Southern uh, recipe with the the vinegar and butter and stuff, um, she cooks them up and then uh, puts them right in the in the plastics. So, yeah, okay, good stuff, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. And, uh, well, a, you started out weekend. by mowing your lawn, right?
5: Oh, I got there... down and I picked them up now, and I said, "Oh boy!" And I put it off too long, and I couldn't get them started.
2: But let me ask you about the New Zealand spinach. If yes. you got, do you have a sec? Yes. Uh, uh, how, how far apart do you plant that? Well, I got. I think I've got them a little
5: too close. You said four to a foot. Okay, all right. Uh, I didn't know. I I thought maybe I could thin them out if I was getting more than that per mm-hmm. foot.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: I only planted one row just as an experiment, just to yeah. see how it's going to go. Yeah. I may wait. I'm Next year, I may put them in. You could put up those in probably April, right? Or I should f- I wait a little I, longer? I f-
2: I'm not sure. I would have to double-check if it's... Uh...
5: Oil has to be cool in order for them to germinate. Uh. That's one of the things I read. Uh Yeah, they don't germinate well in warm soil, so that's why I'm just worried a little bit.
2: So it's a a little like spinach in that that it likes the cooler weather.
5: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, that was my mistake. I planted mine later.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Must be cool soil, so if if the regular spinach is coming up
1: Uh in
5: April or late, like, you know, depends on the weather, of
1: course,
5: but... Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, so... I think that's what I'm going to try to do is put them in a little bit earlier next year. and yeah. It depends on how they do this year, But
2: For sure. Yeah. Uh, we've got Dick and Waterbury still online. All right, Norm, thanks okay, for thank the call. You. Much appreciated. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, take care. Dick and Waterbury?
4: Peter. You're still there? I'm still here. All
2: right, buddy, what's going on?
4: Hey, I, I had to come in from mowing my lawn because I've got to ask you this question. <laughs> All right. Um, I've started this year some heirloom tomatoes, a couple of different varieties. Sure. Uh, do I need to be concerned about planting other types of tomatoes around them? No, nope.
2: no. Nope. Okay. No, there. Uh, most, all your tomatoes are are basically what would you call self-fertile, okay. so you don't need to. Uh, the only thing that that I've read and and I tend to do is is you want to shake the tomato plant a little bit. Mm. I've seen people. Um, matter of fact, there's a. Uh, it's on uh, YouTube. It's like you know, beat your tomatoes, uh-huh. and uh, a guy goes out and just waxes tomato plants with a with a newspaper, you know. But the idea is, and uh, is you want to shake them so that the pollen sort of uh, drifts down onto the to the other flowers, uh-huh. and uh, that's the reason you want to make sure you, and. and you shake them a little bit. Well, we get enough wind and stuff where we are; that it's probably not even an issue. But right. where I first read about this is when somebody was planting them in a in a greenhouse. Okay, where you don't get much uh, you know get much much jiggling or, or motion in there, you don't get much wind. So you wanna. Um, you want to, uh, he had a stick that he whacked, uh, a, a pole that all of them were tied to and that shook them enough to, to make sure you had, um, uh, good stuff, you know. Uh, actually, got he,
4: my father used to do that with his apple tree. He'd take, uh, he'd take a baseball bat, he'd wrap a cloth around it. And he'd no. He'd whack banters and
2: stuff. I'll be darned.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said he wanted to do it at night because he didn't want the neighbors. I, out I
2: was going to gonna say, your neighbors must have thought he was
4: nuts. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next question yes, is uh, seed tapes. Have you ever used them, and have you ever made your own?
2: Um, I've never made my own, and mostly because I've never really had good luck with them, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I use that grid planting, you know, so in a square foot, one square foot, I'll plant, like, 16 radishes. That's one every three inches. So I I sort of focus on that, you know. And for me, like carrots, right, they're they're one of the ones that seed tape was sort of made for. I find that, uh, that this trick works better than anything else. If you're planting it... In a row or you're planting them in a square it's still the same thing um, but i actually plant a whole four by four square of of um, carrots at one time you know, 16 per square, 256, you mm-hmm. know, with two or three seeds in each one. I water it really good, and then I lay down a sheet of plywood right on top of it with a couple of uh, uh, cinder blocks on it. Oh. The same idea, right, would be if you're planting in a row or you're planting in one square foot, you cover it with with a board, Right. Put a little weight on it. Make sure you 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 watered it well. Cover it with a board, and then wait seven days. Don't even look at it for seven days. Now, if you read the package, they'll say that germination is you know 21 days, and that's why a lot of people recommend that you plant some radish seeds in with your carrots so you know where you planted them. Right. Um, But this, in seven days, and I'm not exaggerating, in seven days you will start to see. That the uh, carrot seeds are just poking up. I mean, it's, you've got to get down on your hands and knees and look under that under under that board, and you'll see just a little itty bitty tiny green leaves coming up, or yellow leaves at the time, mm-hmm. and that's the time you take the board off. It's almost seven days for absolute sure, and that way, um, uh, there's something about that. M- Constant moisture and the darkness that seems to make them germinate better. I'm sure there's some biologist out there that will tell you that, well, there's some sort of special seed that likes darkness or needs to have the moisture, it works. It really works well. So whether you're doing it in a row or you're doing a square or if you're doing a whole four-foot square, I have this one sheet of uh, plywood I've been using for years that, that's just for that. It fits right inside my four-by-four four square.
4: Yep. Bed. Well, I actually made some of my own tapes here a couple of weeks ago. Oh, how'd you do it? Um, I took a two-ply paper towel, kind of mm-hmm. pulled it apart, so mm-hmm. it's one ply, and cut mm-hmm. it in about two-inch strips. Yeah. Uh, took a little bit of flour and water, and put some little dabs on the towel, and put in, put in. Onion. You know, I sat there one of those dreary days and said, "Okay, I'm probably <laughs> foolish, but here's one seed, one seed, one seed." And so uh, I planted them last week, so yeah. I keep them watered. So we'll have to see how they come up. Well, I'd, that's
2: great. I love to hear that. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: you make sure, Dick, that you call me back and let me know how that yeah. worked for you, okay? I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it
4: sounds kind of foolish, but really it, it didn't take very long. No,
2: no, and and the whole idea of seed tapes I like because, you know, you've got that steady spacing. Rather than go back and have to thin them all out, you know, right. um, it's nice. And I, I tried a couple of times with seed tapes, um, you know, uh, cut into one, you know, on twelve-inch, twelve-inch lengths, so I could use them in one of my squares. Yeah. Again, I, I wasn't sure if I got really good germination, uh, but the, the, the way you're doing it, you're gonna, you're gonna make them and use them, and uh, that may be the key right there. Yeah,
4: yeah. And my uh, radishes and lettuce that I planted on April the 11th. Yeah. I'm going down and I'm going to pick some today.
2: <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> Way to been, go.
4: They've been slow, but they've been coming. That's and it. I, I That's... Just checked them a little bit ago. Yeah. And... Uh, they're ready.
2: That's the beauty of it, and and it's, it's like I say, you know, this is Memorial Day, the traditional beginning of, of gardening. But really, like like you pointed out, it really starts in as soon as the soil can be worked, sometime yeah. in April. Yeah.
4: And, and I know what a difference between my my raised beds. You know, mm-hmm. and I, you can plant those. A long time ago really
2: absolutely um
4: and i was out in the rest of my garden which doesn't have beds in it yet mm-hmm. and you know just kind of turning some soil over and you step on it and it's
2: just, you know, <laughs> up, squish and, squish you know, squish and, yeah i know, you know,
4: <laughs> friend, just,
2: you know. yeah yeah <laughs> well you you made my case for the raised beds <laughs> Yeah,
4: you know, i just put in what do you put in between them to walk on? Do you really I, I use a landscape cloth
2: and, uh, you know, I get the contractor's stuff um, and uh, 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 and I put down, uh, uh, I put that down and they have staples that you kind of, yep. so you, yep. you t- to hold them down from the wind and then I put bark right over the top of that. Okay, so
4: you just use the bark
2: then? I just use a bark. It's so easy to weed in that bark, you know, for whatever, I mean, you know, the dandelions are kind of come in from your neighbor's yard and yep. blow in there. Uh, the pot, Apple comes in, uh, you know that fluff comes in, and those seed up. You know you're not going to get away from the seeds coming into your garden. That's just not going to happen. Right. So, uh, as the the easiest thing to do is to weed in that in that bark. It's like a cinch. Right. Right. And you can watch for it. Oh, one of my worst, uh, worst weeds is my dill. Dill, you know, seed reseeds from uh, dill plant. <laughs> it's it all over the place. Okay. Okay, Dick. You thanks know. again for the call. Much yep. appreciated. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Joel. Did you hear about the Kate Farm seedling sale, by the way?
0: Everybody's talking about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's coming up. And new this year, they're actually doing not just Sundays, but Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. And they're going right through, well, of course, this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, of course. And then next weekend as well, which is good because, you know, it may be a little cool yet this week. So they run from uh, 8 in the morning to 2 in the afternoon they got a big selection, I can attest to, of healthy organic vegetables, herbs, flowers even. And um, they say that they have the CBD hemp plants. And I'm kind of curious about that. I may just have to get a couple of those to give them a try. I can't imagine getting enough CBD oil out of one plant to do me any good. But still, curiosity is, is, uh, I have to see what it's like to grow them and I'll chop it up and put it in the, the compost bin. <laughs> if, uh, so
0: we're going to put it in your salad or, <laughs> or my salad.
2: <laughs> but curiosity, anyway. So um, uh, Cape Farm has been around for 39 years, located in East Montpelier between Route 2 and Route 14 on Coban Road. And there's a sign that, uh, on both of those, uh, both Route 2 and 14 to show you where to turn. And uh, for more information, go to katefarm.com. So um, (laughs) we were talking about tomatoes. And so when you go to Kate Farm or to Agway or to Blue Seal or any one of our sponsors to buy plants, when you're growing your – what you want for a tomato plant is not necessarily the bigger the better. Uh, the the best way to transplant the tomatoes is with a a, a six to eight inch uh, you know tomato plant that's in a four inch plot uh, pot. That's that's your ideal right there. And that's that's you're going to get the the best uh, best success with transplant transplanting. If you're if you only have and maybe you grew your own tomato plants and they're they're looking pretty long, like maybe a foot long. Uh, then, rather than um, uh, rather than planting them just down in the soil, uh, you might want to plant them tipped over sideways so that the uh, so that the stem is running horizontal and you want that down about oh six inches and then you turn the the top up now <clears throat> i 've done this quite a few uh, quite a few times i 've used that technique a lot. Um but the only drawback is is when you go to turn it up, sometimes you break the stem. And that's really, really disappointing. So what I I discovered totally by accident and all of my tomato plants fell over once And I noticed that within an hour, they actually started to raise their head. They started to actually turn up all on their own. So if you plan to lay them down, let them fall over for at least an hour... And uh, you know, if there's enough sun, they'll actually start to curve up all on their own. It's it's pretty cool to see. I, I you know, the first, like I said, the first time was a complete accident. They had it all sort of blown over, and I thought, oh no, you know. And I'm looking at it. Well, they're already curled up. <laughs> I said, what could be better? So, <laughs> if you plan to do it that way, uh, give them a push, knock them over. And they'll they'll uh, they'll curve up all for you. Otherwise, what you want to do if you've got the you know a six eight inch uh, um, you want to strip off uh, some of the bottom leaves and stick that down so only about four inches of the top is is left out of the ground and. If you've ever watched your tomatoes, you'll see that any time they're near the soil, they'll actually put out these white little studs that are, are it's attempting to root. So it'll root right out of the stem as long as it's within that uh, uh, first six inches of soil. And for a long time, I used to actually use a post hole digger with a two-foot a two tomato Um, and, uh, thinking that, oh, the more the better and they'll, you know, there'll be a a two foot root system. And oddly enough, when I pulled those up out of the ground, there was a ball of roots down at the bottom and then there was a ball of roots up at the top. But there was no roots in between the the two. It only it would only root in that top six inches. So that's a, a case for actually laying them down rather than burying them, burying them all the way down. You know, with a post hole digger, two feet down. Uh, but those are the things you learn anyway. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the only way I learned is to try something and and then go back and look. So we have um, we have Ken from Ferrisburg. Hey, Ken, what's going on? How are you? Uh, I'm doing good.
7: I uh, got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, I have a garden that's not huge, probably yeah. maybe three thousand square feet, something like that.
2: <sighs> Whoa! And, that's a uh, good size. Um,
7: the question is, uh, this year I will not be able to uh, to uh, plant it because I have other projects I have to do. Uh huh. However, I uh, I was thinking about chopping it up. Right now it's a rice paddy. It's full of water.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
7: And uh, I live in Addison County, and it's got that heavy clay soil.
1: hmm uh,
7: So the question is, uh, I was thinking of chopping it up and then uh, planting something... Um,
2: uh, like a green manure? Yeah. Yeah, oh, super. What would you recommend? That's a great idea. And, and uh, I had, uh, I couldn't do much gardening uh, uh, two years ago. And, um, we just planted uh, green manure in half of the garden. We just did the four-by-four four beds, and we filled them up. Uh, we did the crimson clover, which is not only an, an excellent uh, cover crop, it's also really pretty. It's just the, 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 the flowers really are crimson, and they uh, stand straight up on a stalk, and, and they're really pretty. Um, the other thing that we use, of course, is, is rye. And oats, those are two really good um, uh, cover crops. Uh, clover, you know, the regular old white clover is a good cover crop. Um, what were you thinking of? I
7: was thinking of either clover or uh, rye, but mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. I
7: understand there's more than one uh, uh, type
2: of rye uh, grasses. Uh, yeah well there's two there's two rye grasses one's an annual and and uh the one is a, a more perennial and you want the the annual you don't want it to to seed for good you want it to just grow up and then die basically grow up, cut it off, and then let it compost
7: well uh also that if I can't get to it after it will say it grows and matures mm-hmm. i can just mow it
2: oh uh, yeah.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: And then uh, it'll be green, but I can yep. still uh, turn it under. Yep. Uh, in the if if you're green. not sure, um, of course, with the with the, rye, with the rye, the the stalks are sort of uh, waxy, you know, and they don't break down uh, as quickly as, say, like the clover. Uh-huh. And that's the reason I like the clover a lot was that it it broke down, you know, it actually fell down. And then on some of the beds, and then the other ones, we cut it down and just laid it out, and it decomposed really quickly. And I I like that a lot. So. Over with yeah with the rye, um, you know we did the winter rye. You know mm. we we planted that, and uh, when you when you cut it down in the spring, it it the clump, you know the root system is so massive that it really takes a lot of work to to break it up and get it to decompose. So. I'm, I'm not wild about the winter rye although it's an excellent uh, uh, source of organic matter for your for your garden i I for that reason I we sort of tend towards the um, uh, tend towards the uh, uh, the clovers now uh, that's not the only thing though uh, mustard is really good um, and if you have any problems with nematodes uh, mustard really uh, does a good job of knocking those out um, the other thing is uh, radishes uh, I notice that um, uh, in, at Agway they have um, uh, radishes that they they recommend for uh, a cover crop and uh, they're they're like a, the they're just basically the daikon radish, and for your heavy soil, something like that might actually be in your a, a huge benefit for you because they you know they penetrate that uh, that clay soil and then and then die and decompose mm-hmm. so you may find that um, that's a good choice too well right
7: right now I can uh, raise minnows instead of uh, garden. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. You could sell it for fish bait then. <laughs> yeah, right. So I have well, a you're a good candidate for, uh, you know, just like uh, Jerry in Berlin there is, uh You're a good candidate for raised beds. You'd find that you, you could cut your, your garden space in in about a quarter of what you garden now and and do about the same amount of gardening.
7: Well, I have uh, three three uh, raised beds. Mm-hmm. That I have, uh, well, sh- shall we say, right for the kitchen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, great. Uh, right where they belong. Yep. <laughs> well, you must have stuff growing in that, right?
7: Yes, I do. The lettuce is up. Yep. Yeah. Radishes are up. Beautiful. And uh, uh, it makes a nice neighborhood uh, litter box for all the cats. <laughs> you
2: know? <laughs> I know too well.
7: Yeah.
2: I know too well. Uh, yeah, I, one one. Our old dog Who's passed away now Sam uh, Every once in a while Would pop in Underneath the hoop house And just lay down She liked those beds Oh yeah uh, But You know You take that same idea And just uh, Keep going with it In your garden You'll find that You can garden In about a quarter Of the space That you're using now Mm-hmm oh. And uh, What else Are you planting now? Oh you're not Going to plant this year
7: I, I Will be planting In the beds Mm-hmm. Probably, probably uh, a couple of tomato plants. Yeah, mm-hmm. just
2: mm-hmm.
1: something
7: for salads and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right now I got beans, uh, lettuce, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
7: radishes, uh, there you go, and beets. Yeah, Swiss chard.
2: Oh, that's great.
7: And some carrots.
2: Terrific, terrific. What kind of tomatoes are you growing?
7: And I haven't haven't got them going yet.
1: Yeah, yeah.
7: I would like to put in, we'll say, like uh, oh, beefsteak or a <laughs> blinking whatever. You
2: know? That's uh, yeah. That's that's everybody's dream. Uh, I I sort of um, I backed away from that a bit because uh, I, I I like them early for my salads, so I go with uh, almost all cherry tomatoes. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's the
7: other thing.
1: Yeah.
7: Last year I put in two cherry. To, uh, mm-hmm. Let's see
1: what the, uh, uh,
2: I'm trying
7: to think of the name of them. Yeah. Some, well, you know, they're yeah, cherry tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, sweet 100s. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, did they take hold. Yeah. And
2: and they just keep coming right up until frost. They just you can't you can't kill them. They're great. Oh, they're great. And I you know I'd, my cherry tomatoes by the time I'm all done are are literally seven and eight feet tall. They grow up right on the trees. Oh, these
7: toes. these were fantastic. Uh, they were. Getting uh, almost uh, out of hand, shall
2: yep. we say? Yes, yeah, yeah. You do have to prune them. There's no. Go- well, do you prune yours? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I'm I'm one of the ones who goes out, and that's where I get my green thumbs pruning those tomatoes.
7: Oh, well, you do, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did, so, uh, you were talking about tomatoes. I did find that by accident. You were talking about uh, broken stems on tomatoes.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah.
7: One year. Uh, we had a terrific, well, amount of wind, yep. and it literally flattened the garden. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the tomatoes were laying right down. Yeah. And I said, "Well, I'm going to try something," and I made a furrow with a hole. Yeah. And I laid the plants in the in the in the furrow.
2: No kidding. And
7: covered them up. <laughs> and you know something? Yeah. They came beautifully.
2: Isn't that something? Yeah. 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 It, it's 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 amazing. The tomatoes are like that, though. They'll root any time they get close to the soil, or any time there's lots of moisture around. They'll root. So that's, well, I
7: had a had a beagle dog was helping me out. I planted uh, numerous uh, plants of uh, strawberries. Yeah. And. Uh, I said, oh, boy, I'm going to go have some of those for breakfast. And I went out, and they were were all gone.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
7: couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. And Mm -hmm. and the next day I looked out, and I could see that little tip of that white tail going. (laughs) And the the beagle was picking the ripe
2: (laughs) strawberries. Oh, I know, I know. I I remember when I saw the same thing, except it wasn't a beagle, it was a chipmunk. And I thought, well, you know how much can he eat? Well, I found out real quick that they will eat everything. Yep. They, do, they were not willing to share not one strawberry. <laughs> so.
7: <laughs> yeah, the, and the beagle was smart enough
2: to, not to touch the green ones. Eating the ripe ones, huh? Yeah, just the ripe ones. If you could only get them to bring them in for you.
7: <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. And a basket, too.
2: Yeah, and a basket, too. Uh, uh, well,
7: so you you would recommend... Uh, clover seed
2: uh, well i like the i I like the results we got from the uh, crimson clover uh, and then um, and we did the white you know regular old white clover as well and uh, I liked the results and it was easier to work with uh, when it was all mature. It broke down quickly
7: would you recommend uh, uh, a certain uh, ratio uh, uh, for that size uh, garden let's say three four pounds five
2: pounds. Um you need to double check. I I don't remember and I I have to confess uh, Deb did all the planting of the crimson clover. Uh-huh. And uh she had a formula and she knew exactly how much she was doing but she read the just read the bag. And, oh, okay. Uh, Good enough. Yeah, that 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 should that should uh, clear it up for you. Good enough. And uh I think she actually she actually soaked the seeds and broadcast them but that seemed to be the way I remember. Mhm. I guess I'll have to ask her about that, Clover.
8: Well, thank you for your information.
1: On her
0: hand she wears a diamond
1: ring. She's a mighty pretty little thing.
0: Nola is like a drink of true. She's sweet and unaffected. Everything Nola seems to do is really unexpected. Nola has twinkling eyes of blue. And cherry lips perfected everything nice like sugar and spices. Nola, Nola. walking along a fair Yes, everything that's nice is Nola, and <laughs> Nola is on the line with us right now, on, <laughs> and she's in the garden. Hey, Whooped, Nola. Okay. Uh, so there we are. Whoops. Thanks for thanks for calling,
2: though. Yeah.
6: Uh, so I'm listening to you revel in these perfect garden raised beds <laughs> and then I, I walked out of the house and walked out to our back garden uh-huh. which has only been accessible for the last couple of weeks Yep. and I felt a little bit like crying <laughs> so the other day I went out back and I, I hoed my ten beds of garlic uh-huh. which are once again full of weeds but
2: uh-huh.
6: I mean is it time to succumb to raised beds? Because I think so the, the blackberries are just everywhere, I mean, yeah. and, and I haven't learned a way to kindly um, mm-hmm. deal with them as mm-hmm. far as, so uh, unless there is some great mind that says, oh, all you have to do is, yeah, the wild blackberries are just taken over, and of yeah. course that would imply that after them come the poplars and uh-huh. next yeah. thing you know, the forest is
2: back. Yeah. Well, um, let me just let me recap here. Are you saying that you're thinking about growing your blackberries in in beds?
6: No, I don't oh. want these blackberries. Oh, you don't we want have, them at all? I mean the okay. forest is so I want my garden back. Just
2: just as important as the raised bed, the yeah. permanent raised bed is the permanent pathway. Okay? Um, you know, I know how uh, how vigorous the blackberries are because I, I have some on my hillside too. Uh, but the combination of that landscape cloth and the bark works really works really well. The Black players will travel underneath all that and come up every, every once in a while in a bed. Uh-huh. Um, but for the most part, it keeps them from just consuming your garden, and that's, that's the real problem. It's not that one comes up here or there that you can deal with. that's easy enough. It's, the, it's when it just completely. The, onslaught. the, the onslaught. Yeah, so, so that combination, the landscape cloth and the bark on top of it works very well. It really does a do a good job.
6: Pretty much right around the perimeter of the entire garden. We're talking, you know. <clears throat> well, it's a couple hundred feet long. and yeah. thirty feet wide.
2: So what oh, I do is, um, is ahead. I I surround the whole garden with a two-foot uh, landscape cloth and bark. So it, you know, the grass doesn't come right up to my beds. It comes yeah. up to the to the bark there. Well, all right.
6: Okay. So, I. It, it's, it's worth, worth a, a try. try. I, I there you go. <laughs> don't want to lose this space because uh, it's precious.
2: And yep. And you'll be amazed at, at how much less work the garden is and uh, because you know, weeding is a lot of work, you know, oh, it, and it this is. way you really you really are going to cut down on the on the amount of work that you that you doing for weeding. Yeah. Well well worth it. Believe me.
6: All right, let me give you guys a Robert Frost poem. I've given this before, but I'll give it again. And you had a, a little smithering of calls about great green things.
1: Uh-huh.
6: And my latest love affair is with a Swiss chard. <laughs> I've been getting the seeds from Johnny's. The variety is called Barice.
2: Uh-huh.
6: And I've started them in the greenhouse back in early March, and I'm harvesting right now. Each, each plant, it's like you get this little head of Swiss chard. It's wow. gorgeous. It's delicious. Mm. And I highly recommend it to the fans of green, okay. green leafy things.
2: I'm writing it down right now, Noel.
6: Good. Try it. Um, you know, I'm sure in the summer the next crop will be a little different. But mm-hmm. this first round has been mm-hmm. what a gift. And one other green and leafy thing. Also, um, I guess I got this from Johnny Stewart. It's a green mustard called wasabi.
2: Oh, yeah.
6: Do you know it? I do. It's great.
2: hmm
6: It's great. Okay, here's a little Robert Frost, and I'll get out of your hair and <laughs> go start dreaming about this new way of doing things. It's <laughs> called putting in the seed. Okay. You come to fetch me from my work tonight when supper's on the table, and we'll see if I can leave off from burying the soft white petals fallen from the apple tree. Soft petals, yes, but not so barren quite. Mingled with these, smooth bean and wrinkled pea. And go along with you, ere you lose sight of what you came for. And become like me. Slave to the springtime passion for the earth. How love burns through the pudding in the seed. And on through the watching for the early birth. When just as the soil tarnishes with weed, a sturdy seedling with arched body comes. Shouldering its way and shedding the earth's crumbs. <coughs>
2: it's, it's I love that, the slave to the springtime passion.
6: <laughs> it's true, aren't we all? But I'd rather be slave <laughs> to that and other things. And the last thing, and I'll get out of your hair again, um, the precious dog that we had, mm. I think Joel's aware of this, Yeah. who was taken by bone cancer back in December. Mm. His his successor has arrived And she's just an angel.
2: Oh, good for you. I'm so glad for you. um, I know what a heartache they can be.
6: Well, they're amazing creatures, and Mm -hmm. we're glad. And so Mm -hmm. I'll send you guys a copy of the article in the Boston Globe. Okay. She's a rescue dog. Mm -hmm. Um, She came from hell, Mm -hmm. and her name is Izzy. And I thought, what a dopey name. Four days after we got our Boston Globe article about a man named Izzy, I'll stop there and okay. let you read the article.
2: All right,
3: thanks,
0: Nola. will. Bye-bye. Much appreciated. Thanks for the call. Thank That's you. great. And uh, we have uh, Rich in Huntington. All on right, the line.
2: Rich, yep. welcome. What's up? Hi, this is. Uh,
0: hi, this is Rich from um, Starksboro.
2: Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The other um, Huntington, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah,
8: it's always nice to follow Nola. She has a really nice place down there in Ripton with a nice garden.
2: Yeah. I've yeah.
8: been to it a couple of times. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. Um, I'd like to, uh, first of all, thank the sponsors uh, for mm-hmm. reporting our sponsors are there for us Absolutely. and making the show possible.
2: Yep.
8: Um, I have a question about the um, the one cup of lime, the one cup of azomite, Yeah. one cup of. Pro grow one cup of of uh, liquid seaweed.
2: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, mm-hmm. That that should well. First of all, um, is that about how much you would put on if you had uh, uh, three five gallon buckets of perfect soil, or is that too much? Or
2: that's how much I'd put on a four foot by four foot bed. That that's okay. that's uh, and, and I'm sorry I didn't make that clear. That's about you know sixteen square feet. And mm-hmm. that's uh it comes out to actually a tablespoon per square foot <laughs> okay. uh, yeah that's a that is a good starter solution to and I actually use the the sea kelp meal um but the liquid is fine as well either either one of them oh. works fine it's a okay. it's such a super uh root growth enhancer it it mm-hmm. makes uh makes a big difference really helps.
8: Okay. Do you have any estimate of how many five-gallon buckets of of uh, perfect soil is in one of your
2: beds? Yeah, it's about nine. It would be three buckets of vermiculite, three buckets of of uh, uh, peat moss, and three buckets of compost. Okay, I knew there was a three there somewhere. Three (laughs) of each. Three of each. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's just sort of a way to visualize it. You know, it's uh, one third, one third, one third. Right. And, and you um, and you put
8: the those four cups of those four different ingredients on uh-huh. every
2: every spring. Every spring, and then from there on, you want to read depending on what you're what you're growing. If it's a heavy feeder, you know it'll be just follow the instructions. It's usually every two a ta- tablespoon every two weeks or a tablespoon every four weeks, just depending on what you're growing. Okay, you know a tablespoon that. to the whole bed uh no that's probably per plant per plant okay. and okay. it it should uh it should let you know what the you know depending on if you get the high nitrogen one that would be for certain plants and then if you get the blue bag which is just a general purpose uh, so read the bag and see what the what they recommend for okay. your particular category plant Okay.
8: And we're, watering hasn't been a real issue right now, but last year kind of was an issue. Oh, absolutely. I want to just, just try to remember what you said last year. You put one five-gallon bucket on each bed per week.
2: It comes, uh, yeah, what I like to do is I actually use a cup and a five-gallon bucket, and I go around and, and I water right on the stem of the plant, you know, ra- rather than using a sprinkler or anything else um but it does it's just about a 5 gallon bucket uh once a week um, unless you've you know had a serious rain and the thing you want to check is you stick your finger down in the soil and if it's if it's still dry down there, even though you've had rain, then you know you really need to, to get in there and water. Yeah. Some, you know, I know it's, you figure, oh, we got that rainstorm on Tuesday, and then we got another one on Thursday. But if it's a rainstorm, a lot of times all it does is just fall and wet the top inch or even less and then and then evaporate. So you really need to, to water deeply. Yeah.
8: And you water uh, one cup per plant, or that's, that's not... I, I'll start with
2: uh, I'll use a couple of cups just depending on uh, just depending on how dry the soil is. But I'll, what I like to do in, in the point there is that I'm I'm water right on the right at the stem where the root system is so that I know that that root system is getting a good good drink. Mm-hmm.
8: Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very
2: much yeah sure and
8: appreciate well, it you have a good rest of a big holiday
2: weekend we got. <laughs> okay good thanks a lot and rich brings up a good point uh, if if you're at one of our sponsors uh make sure you mention uh, that you uh appreciate them sponsoring the show and uh there's also uh, podcasts uh, of the show if you miss one uh and you want to go back and catch it um that's uh it they actually put the podcast on the on the website so you just go to the radio vermont and and uh website and and look up uh in the garden it's a you know big icon right at the top so click on that and go down through the shows and you can you can listen to any one of them and uh great okay well have a good memorial day Oh, buddy
0: and we went you too and we will um, we will see we will be in the garden again next week next right? week yes yes, yes yeah. indeed always yeah. check for the Red sox but, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's uh, June 8th we're, that we're missing so yeah. we'll be we definitely will be here next weekend yeah. Good. and that of course will be in the garden, yeah. in the garden.
1: Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden
0: with Peter Burke has been brought to you by... Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont at growcompost.com, just down the road from the radio station Route 2 in Moortown. The Willie Store in Greensboro, they have all that you need. Guy's Farm and Yard, Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clawson's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber and family owned, Route 15 in Walkett. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway. And by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, there on Main Street in Waitsville. We will see you next week at 1230 in the garden on WDEV.